Welcome to another episode of Inside Access Control, sponsored by SIA. Very excited today to have Blair Crawford with me from Daltrey. Blair, thank you for taking the time. Appreciate you making it. Appreciate the opportunity. I'm looking forward to having a chat with you. I suppose me first. So I've been working in the technology arena for probably about 10 years now. I think I started my journey looking more at the, the consultative area of how businesses can use their capability to guide organizations um, on their own technology journeys. And then that started to evolve into eventually being involved directly with what was a, a biometric organization. And I think once I ended up in that biometric organization, I started to really see the power of advanced security capability, but also the way that the, the industry was moving towards a more robust need for stronger identification practices, not just at the authentication end, but also in the identity establishment end as well. Right now I'm working on a new project. Uh, I started Daltrey with my business partner, Craig Hodges, about a year ago, and we have had an extremely fast rise into the market since we only really officially launched about eight weeks ago. The traction has been fantastic. The, the, the support for the approach that we're taking to biometrics, which I'll go into in a little bit more detail, um, has been excellent. And I think also the current environment, the current security environment is really driving a need for being able to identify persons much more securely and robustly than possibly ever before. Why don't you talk a little bit more about the technology and, and really the differentiation that you all bring to what's been you know an established mar uh, industry, but fastly growing. The biggest thing that I've seen when I have been deploying biometric technology in the past is that it's often been done as a siloed approach. It's been one project, let's bring biometrics into this project to, to deliver some sort of identification outcome. Now, invariably, the, the department, the government department or the private sector organization, they got the benefit. Um, they loved the benefit. The, the security was there, um, but also the convenience through being able to use the biometric was there. But what quickly happened was overall organization would then say, let's try and implement that technology everywhere or in a couple of other places. And they quickly realized that because the approach to deploying it in one project first had been taken, it was then very, very difficult to then use that technology in the other areas of their business. So when I developed the plan for Daltrey, what we, what we said was, if we could strip down the essence of the value proposition, which biometrics provides to organizations, it's always around certainty of identity, being able to confirm who a person is before they interact with your offices, um, any of your physical locations, or any of your business applications, your web-based systems, for example. So we said, well, how do we do that? And there was two main things that we had to do. Well, before that, we had to decide that biometrics has to be delivered as a service. And then we said, how do we deliver it as a service? And we said, well, we have to do two main things. The first thing is we have to create um, a biometric digital identity. That digital identity is truly a digital representation of a person's physical self. It can be made up of any of the modalities, including iris, face, finger, and voice, combination of all. But I suppose the magic and what we deliver to market and the real differentiator for us now is that we built a middleware platform which allows that identity which we've been which we've created to then be consumed in any access scenario for authentication purposes. So if you can imagine you walk into a front office, you can scan your face and it will allow you into the physical location where you do your work. But that same facial template which has been created can then be the reference when you sit down in front of your computer 
and want to access your web-based applications, your Salesforce, and any of the other stuff that you need to get into to do your job. You then to start to look to that healthcare. You know, you could have secure identification into intensive care units, completely touchless using face or iris if you wanted to. But then you could also remove passwords across the whole operation by using your face again to get into medical records. So a whole lot of advantages here around speed efficiency and security. And we think that that is a fairly powerful thing to be able to do. I think, you know, the market talks about passwordless right now, especially in the logical access, um, sorry, specifically in the, the, the logical access world. We don't just talk about passwordless. We talk about cardless. Uh, we talk about pinless. Um, I don't think this is really a word, but we, we're talking about going everythingless. Um, and just being able to use yourself to get into the things that you need to. I, I can see that that the it's like you can see the future, if you would, right? Of, of of where that is, and it feels good. I mean, there's a whole bunch of questions that get into like privacy and things like that. So putting that aside, because uh, no no desire to get into like a religious war here. But um, what I'm curious about the difference between today and getting to where that is is what what gets in the way from that ubiquitous adoption. Number one. And then number two, how do you accelerate the adoption of that? Because I think people ideally, you know, all things being equal, would like the ability just to walk through spaces and the things do and it's authenticated to them and there's this, this sort of secure cocoon that is there and everyone wants all that stuff. But how do we get it there? I think, you know, that's a great question. Aside from the technology, which, you know, from a Dolce perspective, we think the technology is in place, especially from a, a, a biometric capability mm -hmm. angle. But I think if you look at how you adopt this into an organization, there are a few key things. Um, the first is that the organization has to have established a clear path for their identity management strategy. They want to converge their physical and logical approaches to how they identify and then authenticate persons into their operations. So I think the strategic approach to identity is, is one of the main things which has to happen, which enables um, the adoption of technology. I suppose that just speaks to the, the, the all of company approach. Then the other thing that had to happen though in order to make this possible was external technologies starting to be standardized. And what I talk about specifically here is interface standardization. In the past, every single platform that sits within a business would typically have its own method for which other parties could integrate. And then it caused massive issues with interoperability. One of the biggest things that we've seen come out over the last few years is standardization of interfaces. So you know, everyone's moving to REST um, makes it much easier to, to build one communication channel that your platform communicate with tweaks to multiple platforms. And then on the logical side, you've also got um, platforms like uh, sorry, communication protocols like OIDC. Um, you know, that's an open communication protocol to allow third-party identity providers to connect to many of the large access management players. And I think the other thing that, that had to change to allow um, technology like biometrics to be deployable um, organizations um, and the way that we're discussing was just the, let's say the socialization, you know, biometric technology in the past had typically been reserved to either sci-fi movies um, or, you know, top secret government deployments um, for the James Bond type of stuff. Total recall. But, total recall. And then you've got Demolition Man with the eyeball right. and, and yeah. all these types of things. But what happened was Apple put fingerprint readers 
in the hands of the masses, so to speak, getting you know fantastic convenience in being able to locally authenticate themselves into um, simple access scenarios like their banking app. But what we started to see, what I've started to see over my career in biometrics, that many of the people who were using biometrics in their person in a personal capacity to get into their banking apps, they were also technology leaders, you know, business leaders. And they wanted to then bring that capability and they asked the questions of their teams internally in their businesses. They said, how do we start to do some of this stuff in our own operations? And the socialization of the technology. And then after that, what you get coming is the education piece around, you know, we touched on it, privacy, who owns the data, how do you keep it secure? And then you start to get the regulators looking at it more specifically. So the socialization then drove the education which then started to drive the regulation. And all of a sudden that combined with the technology advancements and the ability to actually deploy biometric technology on scale at a cost point, which was not reserved for your top secret defense departments. All that stuff started to come together. And that's really what's been the main combination of drivers um, to make Daltry possible. Yeah, and, and I do think right now there's a, a moment happening around that. I mean, I, I've gotten more phone calls about biometrics uh, now than I've ever, and I think that there's a rush to it, but then there'll be a slowdown uh, once people have to start to implement. And I really think you'll see cream rise to the top for the ones that actually figure out how to do it. And I like the idea of the sort of federated identity that you're talking about. And there's also a lot of things within the access control industry that I like what's going on on the logical side that needs to be coming over here, like the YDC and some of these standards that we talk about, like it, we're so siloed in, in our industry that I think it's going to take some time for people to do, but I, I think it'll get there to where I think, like you said, we'll move from sci-fi movies to real life and people start getting more used to them. Like it wouldn't be weird to walk up to a, a restaurant or some uh, like the airport and just, just scan your face and you go there. Some airports you go to now and it's there. It's just, you know, you don't domestically, you don't see it as much. So here in the States at least. So um, I'm, I'm eager to see that happen because I think we're, this might be the point where it gets pushed over yeah, the edge. I agree. There are, um, I mean, I've, I've seen deployments and been involved in deployments anywhere from Australia, New Zealand, to the Middle East, um, to the UK, and they've come in all shapes and sizes, whether they've been in the retail environment for employees to um, authenticate before they go on to shift or before they access stock areas. But they've also been in large government departments, but to manage for example, in corrections, the authentication process for visitors before they come in uh, and visit family members, for example, who are um, in the corrections facility. But then I've also, I mean, one of the fastest growing industries um, that I was part of delivering this technology to in Australia was um, the childcare industry. Yeah. So there's a lot of there's a lot of security you know, consideration when it comes, of course, to who's accessing a location where your kids are. Yeah. Um, and the safety part of that was, was super important. Um, certainly here, there had to be an advance in, in terms of how the access control um, was deployed in childcare centers generally. But biometrics, uh, for whatever reason, seemed to be a preferred choice for many of them. Um, but I certainly see we're getting there. I know that... Um, with the Australian Tax Office, for example, they deployed voice biometrics for citizens to authenticate themselves before they could speak about their tax advice. I don't remember the exact figure, but um, it rings a bell. Somewhere around 6 million taxpayers have opted in to using their voice 
to yeah. identify themselves. So that's a huge sign for acceptance of a technology when you yeah. get such a large population group opting in to a government department using your biometric information. That's yeah, acceptance great. perspective, um, uh, socialization perspective, but also clearly the education around how the biometrics are treated is starting to get out there. And I think here we're also quite advanced with the use of biometrics for and the, the financial services. So one of the major banks here, um, ANZ, you can also use your voice on your mobile, um, confirm transactions over, I think it's a thousand dollars. So they're actively using biometrics to do things like that because the user great convenience um, because they don't have to phone up someone or be on their, on their desktop or go into a branch. They can use biometrics. They say, I need to send a little bit more today. Um, and you've got the certainty bank that I am who I say I am as I do that authorization. So I'm starting to see everywhere, which yeah. is really obviously fantastic from a, from a technology and industry perspective. Yeah, well, it's also fantastic when that's your business. <laughs> so that's a, that's a good thing too. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So, well, I appreciate you and I, we could talk about this all day long, but uh, I know you're, you're busy and you got it going on. So um, if um, people want to get a hold of you, learn more, what's the best way they do that? To get a hold of us, always check out our website. So dogtree.com. Uh, you can also send an email into hello at daltry.com. Yeah, you can reach us there. And we also have LinkedIn. So you'll find us if you type in our company. Um, and we have Twitter as well. So our handle is at Daltry ID. So yeah, looking forward to hearing from everybody. Yeah, actually that and you've got a great podcast. I was lucky enough to be on it, but uh, it's actually really well done. Great topic. It's uh, very approachable. That's the word I would use for it for people that aren't necessarily you know, knee deep in, in it. It's actually a great way to, to learn more about it. So, well, thank you. I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, always good to catch up and look forward to doing it again. So stay safe and uh, reach out if you need anything. I appreciate it. All the best. I'll speak to you soon. You too.